What are you listening to for the next half hour? Think again, my friend. It's Think Again, my friend, uh, your, your show uh, amongst shows. I'm your host, Mike Sugarbaker. Uh, will the panelists introduce themselves, uh, starting to my left? I'm Brendan Atkins, and I'm to Mike's left. <laughs> I mean, this is a more geographically uh, complicated uh, recording session than some others that we've had. Like, Tom, I, w- I don't know how to, like, are you to my left? I think he is, right? Yeah. He's roughly 3,000 miles east. True. You are facing south. Yeah, okay. Yes. You're on my left flank. Uh, I'm, I'm Tom Henderson, and I'm standing in the place where I were. Right. Now facing north. <laughs> I'm Kristen McCurdy, and I am not sure which direction I'm facing, and I, I don't know if I want to play this. <laughs> okay. You didn't know there would be a quiz. Um, on your way to That's think again, thing. my friend. <laughs> we have one job today. <laughs> Today's show is about peanuts. Uh, peanuts are amazing, and peanuts is amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like I don't have a lot of prefacing to do because like you know, George Washington Carver, etc. And. The whole thing with the EpiPens, but, you know. Yeah. yeah, Peanuts in the news. Yeah, peanuts are dangerous. And topical. Let me tell you, those EpiPens don't go for peanuts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, so where where should we begin? Um, I feel like Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Let's just go right to the elephant in the room. Well, I also have questions about elephants. Okay, <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose, and now, I, and now I have to. Great out of you. Now I have to murder myself out of, no, out of no. shame and honor. No, you look like a genius. Deal okay, with it. all right, all right. Um, yes, let's talk about Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Yeah, Kristen, you go first. All right. How much did schoolboy Anthony Gentile—that's really his name, Anthony Gentile—receive <laughs> after submitting drawings of an anthropomorphic peanut? To the Planters Peanut Company in uh, 1916, which they then incorporated what? into their advertising. Oh. Oh, so this kid just unsolicitedly created. I am not clear whether it was solicited or not. Wikipedia did not unpack that for me. Okay. I don't know if there was a contest or if he was just like, hey, check out these drawings of peanut with legs. 1916. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I'm going to say a shiny penny. I'll go with uh, $5. <laughs> Thomas died of a peanut allergy. Uh, I'm just trying to think of my favorite real number, and, and I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> <laughs> it can be hard. It can be hard to pick one. Uh, so, points to Mike. Um, it, it was $5. What? It, according to the inflation calculator, uh, in 2015, that would have been $109.87. So, he, you know, could have bought like Good a new jacket for, for that. A kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's consistent with how modern design contests work, isn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, those drawings did not include, however, the monocle, the top hat, the cane, or the gloves. 
and there is a dispute as to who added them. Um, some accounts attribute those additions to Andrew S. Wallace and some to Frank P. Cruz, who was an artist in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, and head of Planter Suffolk Plant. My notes don't say who Andrew S. Wallace was. Uh, Planters does not, actually, I think it's Planter that I wrote Planters in my notes. Uh, Planter does not have any documents definitively naming the artist, as far as I can tell. There, this is an ongoing battle between the two <laughs> families <laughs> as to who added the monocle. Uh, the answer to your question is I've been to Wilkes Bar. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's did small. you go to the plant? I sure did. <laughs> what? <laughs> what else is there to do there? An airport. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've not been to Wilkes Bar. Is it a good airport? Like, no. It seems okay. like if a character is going to roast his own people to sell them to you, yeah. the monocle kind of writes itself. <laughs> Doesn't that just like fly right onto his face? Top hat and monocle. True. True. Is that a way to get a free monocle? Because yeah. <laughs> my left eye is much worse. Oh, you know, minus two. Oh. Hey. We are billionaires. It's waiting to happen. Frankly, it's, it's kind of weird that there's not already a monocle shop in, in Portland, That's if we're being real. Real true. Yeah. We... I, I want to say that New York Times Sunday Style or somebody did an article about monocles coming back a few years ago. And <laughs> I, was, uh, I was a little tickled by it. We, we put the kibosh on that, apparently. Yeah, apparently people just wear one contact lens if that's... Yeah. If that's... Uh, if their situation would normally call for a monocle. Yeah. Do you have further questions on this topic, Kristen? I've got one. I've got one. In 2006, Planter conducted an online contest to determine whether, I guess it was an online survey. I don't know why I wrote contest. To determine whether to add what to the Mr. Peanut image. Wow, I totally bungled my reading of that. Um, a, a bow tie. B, cufflinks. C, a pocket watch. D, all of the above. Cufflinks. I mean, does he have cuffs? Uh, he sometimes, uh, I think, has clothing. No. Yeah, sometimes he has like a tuxedo-y thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Does he have a bow tie already? I don't think he does. Anyway, all of those things were on the menu. Mm. Um, so that's just... How does he not have a bow tie? <laughs> right? It's kind of screwed up. Wait. Well, his neck is very low, so you confuse it with a belt. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, anyway, the public voted for no change. Oh. So, very, very unlikely. Interesting that what... they offered that as an option. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was like, no. Nope. Mr. Peanut is flawless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a follow-up to that. Okay. Which is, who inadvertently named Mr. Peanut? I don't know. Um, uh, hmm. Uh, and it wasn't the kid. No. So I'm going to go with someone's daughter. You were wrong. It is no one's daughter. Okay. Well, that's a, that was a crappy way to narrow it down. Um, <laughs> anyone else? Tom, any guesses? I mean, is, is, is Mr. Peanut really a name or is it more of a, more of a title? <laughs> His first name is Mr. Not many people know that. But if you go look at his birth certificate. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of my favorite real number. I have to pass. <laughs> the answer is George Washington Carver. 
Really? Yeah. What? Wow. Uh, he got involved with the peanut industry in the 30s. There's a, a lot of weird myth around his connection to peanuts. Uh, they were never really his primary focus. It was just that the peanut industry and their lobbyists were ready for him at uh-huh. a time when the cow pea industry was not. Uh, but he had a happy, he was lecturing. He was on the lecture circuit and he was, that's how he made his money uh, later in life. And he would discuss the benefits of various different legumes and different crops that people could plant um, as an alternative to cotton. And he liked to anthropomorphize them. And so he would say, now, Mr. Peanut, you see, he likes to affix nitrogen to the soil <laughs> and things like that. Uh, so that the peanut industry kind of picked him up and made him uh, like would fly or not fly him, but transport him to Washington to speak on their behalf uh, in defense of, you know, this is why we should plant and, and eat more peanuts. Um, and that was just part of his repartee, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I don't know if, how many questions we have that are directly about George Washington Carver, but... I have two more. Okay. Does anyone else have questions about George Washington Carver? I don't. I don't. I mostly blew my water, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have questions. Nobody wanted that added. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, I didn't hear you. Oh, I'm just, I'm just happy to know more about George Washington Carver and nitrogen. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. are both important topics. Always. Tom, can I ask you to uh, mute uh, your microphone when you're when you're not uh, absolutely. talking? You're, of course, free to unmute at any time. I would oh. be absolutely happy. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Um, so there was a story in the paper at one point. Uh, and I'm going to ask you what year it was in the paper. Uh, within three, or, you know, closest without going, that doesn't make sense. Okay, the story is that uh, Mayor Blank, the name of the mayor I have edited out to avoid um, giving hints, uh, Mayor Blank has ordered the police to put an end to the penny candy racket, it was announced yesterday. (laughs) This racket, it was explained, is the practice of selling penny candy or gum to children through the lure of prizes to lucky purchasers. The prizes range from pennies to pennants. The mayor, upon learning of the candy gambling, said to be specially prevalent in the vicinity of public schools, wrote to the police commissioner instructing him to put an end to it. Um, yeah. Headline, Mayor Orders End of Penny Candy Racket Encourages Gambling in Children, he says. Ran in the New York Times. What year? I'm going to say 2012. Hmm. That seems like a thing you could set up in Brooklyn now and do fairly well on. Seems like a thing that the current mayor of New York would encourage. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I, I wasn't paying attention. Um, but I did finally think of my favorite real numbers. <laughs> 32, you so 1932, that's, that's my favorite. Oh, uh, okay. 1932. Kristen, do you have a guess? I'm going to go with uh, 1915. 1915. I'm just, I'm just sticking with that year for my all of the discussions I have today. <laughs> okay. Um, Tom is the closest. The correct answer is, uh, April 4th, 1937, that story ran. Mm. I fucking hate 1937. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing good happened that year. That's like the asshole number next door. 
keeps salt in 1932's game. <laughs> yeah, it's across the street actually. <laughs> uh, you might. The street is weirdly configured. Oh, huh. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's on a corner. Sure. Um, or it could just be one of those streets that did not care to stick with any sort of like keeping even numbers on one side and odd numbers on the other <laughs> convention because that happens occasionally and it's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I uh, you might be in 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 some parts of the world that. <laughs> <laughs> That may be like rural areas where I have lived or traveled. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have a dog. We have a dog. It's, so Chris is no longer capable of coherent conversation. <laughs> it's just gonna be, oh my god, how adorable are you? <laughs> Speaking of incoherent, uh listeners may be wondering what the question I just asked has to do with peanuts. Uh I was searching on peanut brittle and I found an entire website about the history of candy. Um which is awesome. It's got a peanut brittle page that contains things like uh, a quote from an 1847 cookbook for an excellent re re receipt for ground nut candy. Ground nut candy. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a, a lot about early American candy. So, But there's a whole page on this, and uh, I just want you uh, to guess which phrase that the page contains that surprised me. Uh, was it back in the day? Was it I'll bet you a steak dinner? Or was it cattywampus? You were surprised by any of these? Uh, they they stick out a little bit in the. It, it reminded me that I was reading an amateur work, not uh, like a work of of scholarship. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was just a thing that a, that a guy freaking loved and put together in I think you know two thousand one. I was the question whether is it. it is the premise of the question, all three of these appeared, but one of them surprised you? No, 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 no. <laughs> one of them appears. Okay. But three of them surprised you. Um, well, the other two did surprise me after I made them up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is the most technically interesting think again, my friend, we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> uh, it I'm... is technically interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Save the day. <laughs> nice. I'm okay. gonna say back in the day. You're gonna say back in the day, Tom. Uh, I I'm gonna go with uh, the steak dinner. Okay. I will also bet you a steak dinner. It was. I'll bet you a steak dinner. <laughs> okay. It was back in the day. Ooh. Yeah. Point to Brandon. Um. Yeah. I don't know. No one gambles steak on candy. <laughs> I bet Penny Candy to see whether you can win a steak. That's how it works in this country. <laughs> okay. Um, Thomas, do you do you have a question sitting around? Uh, I, I don't. Um, okay. But I, but I have something else oh. that, that I want to share with you. All right. Uh, and that is that I, uh, I, I, I miss you guys, and I'm very far away. And so instead of sitting with three of you, I'm sitting with these three miniature chocolate peanut butter uh, cupcakes. Oh, goodness. They're, they're tiny mini cupcakes. And each of them uh, I will consume during the show in honor of each of you. Okay. <laughs> Fabulous. I'm not ready now, but the time will come. All right. I'll, I'll be keeping an eye. And I will let our listeners know when this uh, deeply symbolically uncomfortable act is taking place. 
Now, you can't see the cupcakes, but we'll put them in the show notes. Yes. So. What's What's even more upsetting about this is that uh, Tom is allergic to both chocolate and peanuts. They're beautiful. They're beautiful like you are, only with more frosting. <laughs> okay. Um, should we do an elephant segment? Sure. All right. Which segment of the elephant? I'm sorry. I'm so ashamed of myself. Me, I'd go with the trunk. Heyo. What? <clears throat> so my first question is: Do elephants like peanuts? No. My question to you is: Do elephants like mice? <laughs> I'm confounded. They, I can't. It turns out they really hate. And I don't think they like peanuts either. Okay. I'm going to go with yes. Kristen is wrong. That's <laughs> the takeaway here. <laughs> Elephants do not like peanuts. Why would they? Because uh, peanuts are delicious. What the hell is wrong with elephants? <clears throat> they, they would be an incredibly inefficient source of protein for My animal My next question is about that, actually. Oh. Within 10 <laughs> gallons, how many gallons of peanuts would an adult male elephant have to eat to achieve its daily requirement of 70,000 calories. 50? Wait, what's the unit of measurement? Gallons. Gallons. Uh, I'll say 20. Uh, I'm going with 45 gallons of peanuts. The answer is 5.3. Oh. Peanuts are very dense. Yeah, I suppose they are. Um, that surprised me when I did the math. and. Mm -hmm. and the, uh, That's still a lot of peanuts. Went to Wolfram Alpha and just said, <laughs> how many peanuts does an elephant require? Uh, I actually did not do that. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're, they contain a lot of calories if that's how you measure food. Okay. I think if you fed an elephant peanuts and only peanuts, that elephant would stop eating and die. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It would be grumpy. Mm -hmm. As least. would I. Yes. And it would probably get all dehydrated from all the salt. <laughs> well, maybe unless you didn't give him salty peanuts. Well, you could but, feed them circus peanuts. <laughs> but circus peanuts are very salty, right? Um, no, like the candy, the weird... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the weird, yeah it would probably get really candy. super grumpy yeah. <laughs> and then die. <Yes. laughs> Can I interject real quick yes, please. before we leave uh, that subject too far? Uh, in Eric Scagliano's book, Love, War, and Circuses, The Age-Old Relationship Between Elephants and Humans, uh, there is an index, and it contains no entry for peanuts. Uh, which of the following also does not appear in the index? Mm -hmm. Is it memory, <laughs> mice, paintings, or Ganesha? I'm going to say all of the above. Oh. Uh, it, just, it does not contain, contain memory. That's too meta. Okay. I'm going to say mice. Uh, Kristen is correct. Ah. Mice do not appear in that book, and peanuts don't appear in the book, and I just didn't know what I was reading anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah. Memory that's... does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. But yeah. it was only in the book, <laughs> yeah. not in your head. Memory, painting, um, Ganesh is mentioned. Okay. I hope so. That's that's all I've got on elephants. Um, well, I have one more, two more questions about elephants. The first of which is, why can't elephants jump? They are not the only uh, mammals that can't jump. There are others, including sloths, 
rhinos and hippopotami, hippopotamodes. Um, and white men. <laughs> right, right. Uh, That's correct, Kristen. Yes. There are three of us sitting at this table and we're all ashamed about it. Very, very current with my pop culture references. I'm just going to let morning. that go unspoken. The question is why, cannot, why elephants cannot jump? Uh, well, it must have to do with the, the hind legs and just how they're constructed. Like, don't, you, don't animals typically have the sort of backward bend in the, uh, in the hind legs if they're, if they're jumpers? That may be true. Okay. It's also just a lot of goddamn mass to move. Yeah. <laughs> to even, even a couple inches off the ground. Yeah. I mean, I kind of didn't want to say just for reasons related to the construction of elephants, because, of course, but, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Brendan, I'm, I'm going to say that it is because elephants have four knees, and you cannot jump with four knees. <laughs> uh, it's possible that Mike and Tom are correct, but we'll never know, because elephants are too heavy. Kristen is correct. Woo! Uh, they just can't jump. Because okay. their muscles are not strong enough to lift them off the yeah. ground. They can, at some points while galloping, have all four feet off the ground. But that's not actually a standing jump. Right. Um, and my final question about elephants, which is not related to peanuts at all, <laughs> uh, is what is the best way to measure an elephant's age when, you, when there is no elephant present? Hmm. <laughs> this is like a Zen. <laughs> yes, it is. This is a koan. Yeah. It's amazing. Except it's actually a question with an answer. Yeah. Um, look at the footprints. That's correct. Oh. Nobody else gets a guess. <laughs> Mike spoiled it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you can get a pretty good estimate of an elephant's age according to uh, Elephant Don. <laughs> uh, that's D-O-N. Right. As in head of a mafia family. <laughs> a book that I read in researching this. Um, yeah, you can measure heel to toe length, and as elephants age, even if they stop growing, their feet continue to expand because there are elephants on top of them. Okay. So, yeah, footprint size is a pretty good proxy for age. Cool. Yeah, I was uh, thinking friends, of some... Yes? My friends, I would like you to know that uh, as I am recording in a cupcake shop in Brooklyn, uh, there are more people in my recording studio than there used to be. And so uh, I, I will continue to endure and contribute when I can, but I wanted to take this moment <clears throat> uh, to consume the Michael Sugar Baker Commemorative Cupcake of Existence. <laughs> All right. Please carry on. Okay. I'm, well, I'm, I'm fascinated, though. We're wrapped. Yeah. Tom is doing this as dramatically as he can. It's He's a... unpeeled half of the, of the small cupcake and really cut it. He is right down uh, the middle. Struggling to breathe. <laughs> the anaphylactic shock is setting in. But he also looks he really hits happy. His fist in triumph. Yeah. As he martyrs himself for trivia. Triumph over adversity. <clears throat> I'm allergic to all of these, by the way. <laughs> but I don't care, because hand me the EpiPen. All right. Hand me the six hundred bucks, my friend. Uh, well, you know, you can make the the ten dollar EpiPen alternative kit. That, that's what's been going around on the internet this oh, week. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Yes. Nobody else does. Popular combination at Dutch fast food outlets 
is French fries with mayo and peanut sauce, often with chopped raw onions. It's called patate or long. What's the literal translation of that term? Oh, what nation is this again? The Netherlands. The Netherlands. Tot or long. I'm going to say that's Netherlish for short or long. Huh. I'm going to say uh, it means um, potato turds. I'm uh, I'm going to go with um, the potatoes of Legolas. <laughs> uh, you're all wrong. Uh, the literal translation of the term is French fries war. <laughs> well, wow, is that like the is that like the the French Chinese war or like the French? It, is it French dash fries? I I I, I don't know. All right. I don't know. I, I mean, it I does sound a, a little bit like on. these French fries are at war with themselves <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I also I want to them, them so strongly like right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. With the right mayo, that could be amazing. Yeah. You want to get a nice high MSG mayo. They're they're real. I know. Okay. <laughs> um, I am going to bring up a a uh, a fabulous book that uh, I think it was um it might have been Kristen who found it um. And it just really goes into the Hall of Fame for books that we found on this show. The First American Peanut Growing Book by a woman named Kathy Mandry, uh, who just made a book for children about how to grow peanuts and then all of the peanut things. Um, there is a, a section in the back, a very thin section that is just, I believe, called Peanut Nonsense. <laughs> and it contains the sentence, play the game of Find the Peanut. Oh, God. There aren't any rules yet, so you'll have to make them up. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that would make it into a children's book today. No, that uh, peanut nonsense itself sounds vaguely. Yeah, <laughs> that's what drew me to it. That's um, ribald to start yeah. with. Yeah. Um, so it contains a, a lot of amazing information. Um, according to Ms. Mandry, in dreams, peanuts are considered a fortunate omen unless they're wormy or stale, in which case they forewarn problems arising from what is it worms <laughs> is it drought you don't understand symbolic communication at all Brandon. <laughs> um is it direct or hostile competition is it unknown danger within the family or or is it elephants <laughs> i hope it's elephants <laughs> <laughs> They used to have a lot of elephant problems, you know? <laughs> they needed to look to um, the spirit world for guidance. I, I, my actual answer is trouble within the family. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with drought, just because that freaks me out. Sure. Tom has no guess. All right. Um, he's just shaking his head and turning bright red. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's actually he's actually tapping on the on the glass of his camera, <laughs> trying to escape. <laughs> uh, the answer is uh, that wormy stale peanuts um, symbolize direct or hostile competition, mm. bringing you problems. Why? 
Um, Ms. Mandry did not go into it. She just moves from topic to topic like a voracious um, consumer of peanut information. You know, if I were writing a dream interpretation book, I would solicit <laughs> all my acquaintances for dreams they had had recently, and then I would write up interpretations that were just incredible subtweets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it... this, this dream about a lamp that's burning out means you should get your fucking shit together, Carol. <laughs> this sounds like it's a Tumblr already. <laughs> You know, I think it's a good time for me to uh, hold aloft my my second mini cupcake. <clears throat> uh, I would I would now like to commemoratively eat this uh, the, the the Brendan Atkins chocolate peanut butter cupcake commemorating kindness. <laughs> this is a, a sort of a rounder cupcake. Oh, it looks this like it's rounder. It also has a, a, one sprinkle, one errant sprinkle. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Brendan, Brendan has surprises. I think that symbolizes my mole, actually. <laughs> a little, little yellow flower sprinkle. Okay. All right. Tom has gone oh, offline going again. In. Oh, no, sideways. To eat. Yeah. Yeah. Unwrap the whole thing first. Yes. And he's moved. He's moved <laughs> by what he's experiencing. He's pumping his fist. Yeah. And uh, his head looks uh, kind of swollen yeah he keeps uh his yeah his light level keeps changing. his throat yeah <laughs> combing his beard <laughs> interesting <That's... laughs> his beard is getting... all right he's down but yep thumbs up yes <laughs> um according to the first american peanut growing book a famous presidential mm -hmm. candidate once shaved with peanut butter on a dare, and he said it was darn good shaving cream. Uh, a candidate. So uh, was this Thomas Dewey, mm. Barry Goldwater, Gary Hart, or Jesse Jackson? I'm going to say Barry Goldwater. Yeah, me too. I've just been thinking about him a lot lately. <laughs> He's in the air a little you know, bit. We miss yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, and you're right. <laughs> he did. I'm sorry, Tom, that Brendan and Kristen spoiled it. Um, that's a, that's a, should be the, the new thing for the show is just that if you're right, you're shamed because you took away other people's fun. Yeah. Um, you know, Goldwater is actually an original name for peanut butter. <laughs> I think you might be confusing it with something else. Uh, uh, yeah, does anyone have a, a question? I don't have any questions, but I I had a I had something I wanted to share. Okay, a discovery. Can I ask a question first? <laughs> All right. I feel like you should cap it off with that. Yeah, that seems, yeah, yeah. Seems good. Uh, so I kind of already spoiled my second question about George Washington Carver, um, which is that he he got involved with the peanut lobbying industry uh, because. He had been promoting various legumes uh, as ways of enriching the soil. He was working uh, at the Extension Office and, and in the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. Um, was, he was employed there as an academic and a scientist. And uh, all anybody could grow there, especially the black tenant farmers who were the majority of the population, was cotton. Right. You didn't get to choose what you grow. grow. You had to grow cotton for your landlord. Um, and 
eventually, if you are in a monoculture, it, it depletes the soil. You can you get diminishing returns. Um, so he was like, hey, you know what? There are things you can do to counteract this without getting yourself further in the debt. You can uh, use compost and mulch as uh, a way to enrich your soil without having to buy commercial fertilizer. Um, you can use legumes like cowpeas and peanuts to fix nitrogen in the soil. Um, but uh, the head of the Tuskegee Institute at that time was somebody, a, a contemporary of Carver's, also a celebrity in his own right, uh, who had a close but somewhat tense at times relationship with him. And was it Booker T. Washington, W.E.B. Dubois, Alexander Graham Bell, or Henry Ford? Mm. I... I have a hard time picturing Henry Ford having a close relationship with George Washington Carver because of reasons, mm -hmm. which were that Henry Ford was a fascist. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he could have been like... I believe that even though Kristen's reasoning is very correct, that Kristen is, to, to one surprise, not correct. I believe that it was, in fact, Ford. Yeah, I want to say, like, if Ford's a fascist, like, fascists love to be like, look at the black friends I have. Um, I'll say Ford as well. You are partially correct. He oh. was not the head of the Tuskegee Institute. Oh, okay. No, I yeah, guess that would be That's the other weird. thing that I was like, well, why would Henry Sorry. Ford get involved with the Tuskegee but Institute? George Washington Carver and Henry Ford were friends. They met <laughs> uh, at, like, I think, a World's Fair, um, where... <clears throat> Carver was doing demonstrations and became friends for like the last 10 years or so of, of Carver's life. Um, yeah, again. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. A little weird. Certain topics probably Carver got was... avoided at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. He was staunchly apolitical. Um, he was really just focused on his work and uh, and on the people he worked with and was not... Carver was. Carver was, okay. yes. Yeah. Uh, however, Booker D. Washington was uh, the principal, the founding principal of Tuskegee Institute. Okay. And uh, they, he and George Washington Carver at first got along very well and then kind of clashed. And then uh, before uh, Washington died, they became closer and Carver was, was very regretful when, uh, when he died. So. <clears throat> okay. I missed the part of your question where the, we were talking about the head of the Tuskegee Institute. So I yes, apologize. That makes a great deal. I violated sense. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I may have just spaced it. Um, okay. Um, so it sounds like we're about to close. Now, Tom, you have one cupcake left. I'm not trying yes, to rush you. I, I do. Um, <clears throat> I would I would now like to uh, celebrate my, my friendship with y'all uh, by consuming the Kristen McCurdy chocolate peanut butter cupcake of truth telling. <laughs> Quite Hang so. On, I, have to mute, I have to mute my mic. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, he's and he looks like he's unwrapping carefully. <laughs> you know, he may be. No, nope, he's gathering strength. Yes, Buck, buckling forward a little bit at the table, but going in, going right. in. The truth can be tough to swallow. I know that. <laughs> oh, oh, all in one, all in one shot. Okay, back to enjoying himself a great deal. He looks grateful. Yeah, he looks as though he has had a cathartic experience. That's and is slowly falling, toppling backward <laughs> off of his chair into darkness. <laughs> uh, Very well, Tom. If I'd watched more Olympics, I would have really known how to <laughs> how to church this up. 
Like right now, we would cut to your parents in the stands, and you know. <laughs> okay, Kristen. All right. So we we have not, except for at the very beginning of the show, uh, talked about the comic strip Peanuts, uh, mm. which is pretty important to Mike's and my respective identities and to our relationship. Yes. Um, uh, although I, I don't really charge you five cents for, no. for yelling at you. <laughs> no. Um, I buy you dinner. Though. But you buy me dinner. Yeah. You buy me dinner and then I yell at you. So, uh, but I, I felt like, you know, we couldn't not mention that. But I couldn't really find any interesting trivia, maybe because I just feel like everybody knows everything because everybody read the same biography that you and I read a few years yeah. ago. Um, but I did I find... <laughs> Shit. This is one of my problems. I assume that everybody knows exactly as much as I know. No more, no Makes less. trivia very difficult. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I did find this wonderful quote uh, from from Charles Schultz about the Peanuts name. Um, and so I guess I could have made this into a question, but for those of you who don't know, he did not name the strip, and he was never... The syndicate just slapped the name Peanuts on the strip. I think it was he wanted to call it Little Folks or something like that. It was called Little Folks at one point. Yeah, and it, it, it was initially, and then I think once it got syndicated, the syndicate was just like, we're going to call it this, and he was like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, he was never happy with it. He always, he bitched about it for his entire life. <laughs> and I found this particularly bitchy quote, which I think was actually fairly late in life. I want to say that, I did not write down the date that he said this, but it was, I want to say it was like the 80s or 90s. Uh, but uh, asked what he thought about the name Peanuts. He said, it's totally ridiculous, has no meaning, is simply confusing, and has no dignity. And I think my humor has dignity. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Chuck. Yeah, he was, a, he was kind of a diva. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I think his work does have dignity. I, I think his work does have dignity. He, and... You know, except when it doesn't. But... Except when it doesn't. Yeah. Except when it's all just, you know... I suppose that describes us all. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think I would have been a diva too if I were him. Oh sure. Sure. Yeah. Throwing ice skating competitions. Yeah. In his backyard. Yeah. Wait, like throwing is in the fix was in? No, 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 no. <laughs> he bet against himself. No, no. I think he he just likes to to watch uh, people skate. That's nice. I don't think he was a big skater himself. Yeah, he built a skating rink in Santa Rosa. Um, and he had a little table at uh, in the snack bar there. It's always had a reserved sign sitting on it, even after he passed. Oh. Oh, yes. Was uh, that skating rink still open? Yeah. yeah. It's still a thing. It's right next to the Charles Schultz Museum. Mm. Cool. Yeah. And, boy, he was a big Republican. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Just in case this was all getting uh, too sweet and lovely. And, and adulatory. Yeah. You had to throw a little salt in there. Just remind you. <laughs> he was friends with Henry Ford. <laughs> <laughs> well, so were most people at the time, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so that is uh, an episode of Think Again, My Friend. I regret that we didn't really dig into the research of anthropomorphic uh, foods or, you know, animals depicted eating the meat that comes from themselves. Because the... Mr. Peanut encourages people to eat what, peanuts. What is this? Or dressed, dressed in gilded era 
costumes uh, to try to get you to to eat food that looks like them. Yeah. I mean, I guess Mr. Peanut is the only one that does that, but still. I bet he's not, but he's probably the only one that anybody would um, would remember. Yeah. So it's well, just Ronald, Ronald McDonald would would push clown meat like all. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, until the clown meat recall in like 1986. Yeah, I vaguely remember I that. I never thought about the Fry Guys. Why were they... Oh, God. Don't start thinking about it, because then you'll start asking what Grimace is. I mean, <laughs> we don't want to go down that path. Yeah. Hi. This is depressing. Okay. Thank you for listening to Think Again, My Friend, which is produced by Kristen McCurdy and myself. Thank you to Tom Henderson for coming to us, uh, going to Great Lengths, to come to us from Great Lengths. Yeah, thank you all uh, for listening on places that aren't iTunes because they blocked us probably because of the HBO music in the last episode and I still like that joke just a little bit too much. Say what? And don't want to cut it out of the episode. Banned from iTunes. Yeah. That's our our new bad boy cachet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, please please get at us via... um, via a, uh, a on Spotify. client of what? Let's get on Spotify. How do you... What? You can, they have podcasts on Spotify. I don't know how you get on it. All right. Hi, hi, hi everyone. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're going to work some stuff out. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah, this is the point where we're, we're doing the chit-chat, but it's silent, but you can see us talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where Mike plays the music. Freeze frame. Right. Police squad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Now I'm, now I'm imagining things that would happen. Well, we... <laughs> Goodbye. Leave what we do in the freeze frame. Not the freeze. Oh, forget it. Okay. I'm going to cut my own joke from this podcast before I even finish it. <laughs> Our theme contains elements from the album, Waves of Energy, by Synthetic Synergy. Our show is copyright 2016, all rights reserved.